Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. People of Earth, if you are listening, you have reached another episode of Brentfest with Brent Pope. I am your host, Brent and my guest today is Christopher Chen, who is not only a funny, funny dude, but he's got a very recognizable face, and you cannot put a price on that as an actor. And you have seen that recognizable face on many of your favorite TV comedies, such as Curb Your Enthusiasm, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Superstore, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Modern Family, Better Things. And lest we forget, Christopher Chen and I sometimes go out for the same parts, so we will talk about who's gotten the upper hand in those auditions. So, knock-knock, <laughs> who's there? It's Christopher Chen in the studio today on Breakfast. Pick it up. Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. <laughs> I could go on a Hallmark card. My uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. I didn't need any extra sausage. Yeah, it's character to my crew. <laughs> Is a goat pit a real thing? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue-collar guys. Let me screw through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. I love a crawler. All my uncles got the gout. Jalapeno slash cheddar waffles. Who doesn't love that? It's Breakfast time. Breakfast. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. Hey! Christopher <laughs> Chin! Welcome to the Breakfast Studio. It's good to be here. <laughs> Uh, we first officially met, we might have met at an audition or seen each other, but we first initially, officially met at an Emmy for your consideration event for Fosse Verdon, yeah, I think. Yeah, I remember, I think that first night we ended up uh, with my friend Jeremy Briggs, who we talked about on the show before, uh, eating late night at House of Pies. Yes, that uh, which was I, House of Pies is great for late at night in Los Angeles. I think they're open to like two or three. Funny thing about that conversation I remember, you mentioned that, you know, of the guys that kind of are considered our type, like Asian slash late 30s, maybe early 40s, perhaps with a dad bod, you know, yep. that you said, you are, Brent, you are the good looking one. And I just want to have that on the record that in some circles, I'm considered hot. Yes. Yeah, and I, what did I say to you when you remind me? It's like, have you seen your eyes? Oh, they're, yeah. They're gorgeous. Have you seen your eyes? Yes. You know, it's weird. I don't, I guess I have... I guess people say that about my eyes, but I don't know. I can't even see my own eyes unless I. <laughs> and I'm sure your listeners are going to try to find what they look like because they can't see this on the, them on your podcast now. Right. But trust me, they're they're gorgeous. <laughs> well, I'll try not to let that go to my head, but uh, I don't know. I, I can't control. Maybe it will. So, you work on a ton of comedies, um, but, but you also work have worked on dramas like Criminal Minds and The Affair, uh, mm -hmm. two popular shows that are dramas. Yeah. Do you one? Do you have a preference on the type of show you like to audition for and two do you prepare for those two like a comedy and a drama do you prepare for them in different ways or the different things about your preparation in those yeah yeah uh, that's those are great questions um i was trained in drama i was a theater major at northwestern and my teacher was an expert on Chekhov. I never mm -hmm. did any Chekhov, but... Yeah, the guy, the Russian guy from Star Trek. Yes, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and I think I share the same birthday, maybe not date, unless I'm 200 years old, uh, as George Bernard Shaw. Mm -hmm. And um, so I love the classics and Shakespeare. I haven't... I've had a little bit of experience with Shakespeare, but based bottom line, I was trained in drama, but I found in... 
theater and um, musical theater and and especially on TV, I book 98% comedy. Right. And I am not a comedian, even though a lot of people, when they meet me, go, do you do stand-up? It's like, uh, uh, that would terrify me. But maybe, like, I won't rule it out someday, but I'll leave that to the experts and the pros. But I, 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 I am a good, uh, you know, from my track record, a very good comedic actor. And the way I approach comedy is I think I book a lot because I ground the heck out of it even if it's like a multi-camera comedy, I really ground it and really play the truth of the scene rather than yuck it up and do shtick or do that stuff, which is not my style. So because I play it so, I think I book a lot because I'm the guy who comes in and is so kind of lost in that whatever situation they've set up that they're like him because he's he's funny and he doesn't even know he's funny. Right. And so, yeah, but I, that's, I think, um, answering your question. The first question is I... I do I, – I would like to do more drama because that's what I'm trained in. But I'm very happy now to find my niche in comedy and that's for – in terms of my preference. In terms of my preparation, um, comedy in Hollywood, especially television, there's different levels or styles of it. Like those – like you know, we th- that when we prep for like a single camera comedy – that'll be different than um, a multi-camera or a sitcom. Like single camera would be like Modern Family. There's there's right. no audience and, and mm-hmm. the way they shoot it is very much like a film. Um, you know, but with multi-camera, it all happens at once. Multi-camera uh, adult shows like live network shows, there's an audience, so it's like the excitement of theater uh, because you're going to do it live in front of an audience. I love those. And then there's a, 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 th- a third style, which is the Nickelodeon and um, Disney shows. And the style is heightened like you were going to do for an audience, but they tape without an audience. But the style is even more extreme than the, the network um, sitcom style. So those three I have to see, um, you know, and and there's little tricks too on what kind of comedy is this and, and the way they space. If it's double right. space, it's m- mm-hmm. multi-camera. And I remember when I first booked my first Disney um, little guest star, uh, it was um, – What show was that on? That was on a show called uh, – Stuck in the Middle, and it was this cool premise. It ran for, I think, three seasons where this Latino family is in the heart of the northeast part of uh, the United States, like in Maine or Connecticut. I think it was Maine. I'm like, a big Latino family there? Anyway, and this one girl who's stuck in the middle because she falls in the middle of her big family. I think she has six siblings. Um, She's like an inventor, so focus on her. But Stuck in the Middle for Disney Channel and... The character was uh, fed up dad. So in the title of the character, he's fed up. He's going to be mad. And when I when I looked at the, 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 the sides, the audition scene, I'm like, oh, he's just got to yell in an angry voice at his kids this very important exposition because it's going to set up the rest of the episode, what the leads are going to do. So you have to be very angry and very fed up. And so when I got to the audition, I looked and I saw the guys and they were very calm, all different types of dads. I thought, the character's called Fed Up Dad. It's a Disney Channel show. I'm about to go big, guys. So you better go big or go home. And then I booked it. And day of, the showrunner who was, you know, kind of directing the episode even more than the director was from Video Village, kept screaming, Chris, can you go bigger, angrier, better? It's like, yes, I can. So, um, yeah, so that that 
was knowing that it's a Disney show or Nickelodeon works the same and you have a character like that, you are allowed to go big. Whereas that would be, no, don't do that in a single camera comedy. You know, uh, I found that when I auditioned and have booked those, the more like grounded and level I am, the more I book them. Because right. it's it's about the situation. It's not also on the you know the the single camera comedies. It's not about the guest star. The guest right. star, the the guest star co star. We have a job, and it's usually kind of getting in the way of mm-hmm. the character, blocking it, or moving the scene along, mm-hmm. or moving the scene along. Like what, like I said, with exposition. Right. But uh, there's a, I have an amazing audition coach, and he he shared this term over and over again with him with us, uh, and he. He didn't make it up, but he, he calls it salting the blade, twisting the knife. Mm. And that's when you're like – I like that. And you could do it nicely. You've seen all the time. Like like, um, like the hostess at the stand's like, oh, I'm so sorry. You have to have a reservation and you need it three weeks in advance. And the family is there going, but this is a special occasion. We need to get in now. And it's like, mm-hmm. so sorry. So you're like salting the blade, twisting the knife. You can't get what you want. A lot of co-stars like – and you have to know that as an actor but not as a character. The actor, you know you're just blocking them. I remember I did a, a great guest star on um, uh, Rachel Bloom's show on CW. The, uh, the crazy, crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yes. And I, I didn't get to sing with a track or dance, but I did get to hum a cappella. And I think that helped me get the role a little bit. But I played – I was playing a bursar. Those people, you know – even my friends who did go to college like, what's a bursar? You know what it is. Just where you go get your <laughs> registration sticker. You got to pay your, your – your tuition there, the bursar's office. Anyway, so I played it, and I had to tell this uh, that one of the series leads, uh, the girl who plays Heather, her her good friend, um, that she couldn't take classes at this community college anymore because she took every class, including men's hockey and marine biology. It's like you got no more classes to take. But I had to. Do, I think the reason why I booked it was I wasn't being mean about it. I was being really sweet, like, yeah. girl, you got to go. And 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 that's a, a, another example of like. You can't, you can't, you know, she, her identity was being a paternal student. It's like, you can't do that anymore. So that's an example of salting the blade, twisting the knife. Well, I think, I think another good example of your particular work, salting the blade, twisting the knife, is on the show that I feel like it's the unofficial, I'm the unofficial sponsor of Better Things because yes. we talk about it on a weekly basis. You also did an episode of Better Things last yeah. season where you played this uh, car salesman. Yep. Yep. And I, I get to unknowingly show her to a car that is so not her Pamela Adlon's character, Sam, right? She's like trying to replace this, you know, this car that was just so sentimental for her. Mm-hmm. And she keeps fantasizing about having one of those muscle cars. And I get to yeah, show It's almost like the, 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 uh, what you tip, typically see with like the male midlife crisis car that you're trying to sell totally. her, right? Totally. She was totally wanting that. But then I'm like, she, she, you know, I show her the high end BMW. I'm a BMW salesman in it named Freddie. She gave me a fun name, Freddie. Um, and then I, uh, you know, she's so, she's, she's known for being, you know, short in stature. So she's like swimming in this, this luxury car. <laughs> she needs a booster seat, basically. Right. I'm like, oh, but we've got these i3s over here, the, their little answer to like a smart car, the BMW little tiny thing. And she just looks at it and just thinks it's so ugly. I'm like, no, it's not. It's great. I'm, I'm like guiding her towards it, <laughs> you know, towards probably I'm guiding her towards making the biggest mistake of her life. This, yeah. this car. Yeah, and oh, she's just so wonderful. She's like a one of those true 
auteurs, right? She she stars in the show. She directs the show. She writes the show. She produces the show. Mm-hmm. And to work with was so cool. One of my favorite moments on set was like in between takes. She she's like, Chris, come over here, and I got to go watch the playback with her over her shoulder. Right. You know, and she's she she's so talented, so real, so grounded. Talk about grounded. As ridiculous as the situations that her character gets in, she plays it so grounded. Like. You know, so many characters are doing crazy things around her. She's in crazy situations, and she just looks at them like, "Really?" You know, I love, I love w- watching her. I love working with her, Pamela Adlon. She was, um, she was nominated for Emmys her first two seasons. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, yeah. And uh, you had mentioned something. I wanted to just for the people that don't know, they aren't in the business. You mentioned something called Video Village. And for everyone that, that that hasn't been on set before, there's basically, you know, you talk about when you're on camera and they're like, well, there's a little bit of pressure. Well, why is that? One, there's a camera right in your face, at least one camera. You have to, you're trying to perform, you know, accurately and do, do a great performance. But there's also a thing where there's just a bunch of monitors where all, where the director and the producers and other high up people and sometimes the other leads that aren't in the show at the time are all sitting there watching on these screens and you know that they're over there and yeah. that's, that place where they have all those uh, those uh, TV screens where they're watching performances called Video Village. Yeah, I'm glad you explained that. And it really does look like a village. It does. And sometimes it's really close to set, and sometimes it's far away. And then, you know, sometimes you'll just hear this, the voice of God, Mike, you know, where they're like, Chris, can you uh, do this, that one more time, do it this way from just like the air. And you're looking around like, okay, voice of God, where? All right. <laughs> and then sometimes they're like right near you. Like, right. You know. Well, it's, it looks like a village if... We were on the show Black Mirror, and somehow people like were in this isolated village uh, in Scandinavia or somewhere, and they were worshiping these television screens. <laughs> yes, the monitors, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or like, like if real life were like what the Truman Show or yes. Ed TV, where like we're running the whole thing and they're watching you, and 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 we can't ever see you. But they, but it's it's this it's this neat thing where you take it for granted that there there's this all these people, and you're right. A lot of the people besides the director. You don't know who they are. They're the writer who probably hired you, um, the producers and the studio execs. They're all sitting there in cast chairs just staring at this monitor of you you on screen, you know. Right. And it's really cool. Thanks, thanks for telling people about oh, that. Oh, sure. Yeah, we take it for granted. <laughs> Before we go any further, you and I had a wonderful breakfast from a Filipino-owned joint called Goto at Silog. Which uh, goto means uh, that's the little rice porridge that the we rice talked porridge, about. Yeah. Silog is like uh, any kind of breakfast that's kind of paired with garlic fried rice and an egg. Yep. Uh, what did you have there? I was more adventurous because you got the one that I probably would have uh-huh. been the go-to, and I'll let you describe what you sure. ate. But that, that then I'm like, I'm going to be crazy. But uh, the, when we found out that we could combo up anything, I picked my favorite that my my best buddy in uh, the East Coast introduced me to. He's Filipino. And it was the um, corned beef. And this the Filipino corned beef is a little different. It's more like shredded beef with some vinegar and um, probably, I think there's some garlic in it too. And it's not like the corned beef hash you can get in a can. It's right. a shredded beef and it has some, some really coarse onions in it. So um, that was that my first half. And the second one was the Bangos, which is the milkfish. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, are you sure about the fish? And I'm like, I just want to try it. And um, 
that fish stayed with me the whole day. I kept I was burping it up at nine p.m. Yeah, but I'm glad I tried it and it, that garlic rice and the egg. It was so good. I ate every bite of it, and um, and I'm glad I tried the milkfish because that's a famous dish too. And it tastes it tastes good, but you're yeah. right; it does stay with you sometimes. You oh know? yeah, it stays with. You. But then you know, I'll let you t- tell what you had. But it's like this is now now that we're talking about it, I want to go get it again. <laughs> I had the uh, the tocino and spam silog. So mm-hmm. it was tocino is like it's kind of a it's pork. And it's a little bit sweet. Very sweet, yeah. And it's a little bit thicker than bacon. So it's yeah. like chunks of pork that are kind of fried and a little bit sweet. Yeah. And um, and Spam, which, you know, Hawaiians, Filipinos are all about the Spam. And I'm no different. It's just spiced ham. But I think it tastes delicious with uh, eggs and the and the, ri- uh, and the garlic fried rice. Uh, I, look, it's for me, that's a comfort food. Yes. It reminds me of when I was a kid, kind of meals that we might have. At home, usually it would be bacon instead of spam, but uh, but still the same idea. And uh, it, it was kind of fun because you and I went out for a little social distance breakfast. We found a, a park that where there was a couple of picnic tables where we could sit apart from each other and kind of hang out in the, the beautiful California morning and... Yeah, it was lovely. And uh, uh, you were so good about the social distancing. It's like, I'll sit in this corner. You'll be diagonal. So we wouldn't be <laughs> facing each other, which would have been like, we're not socially distanced anymore. Right. <laughs> and, yeah, also I just wanted to kind of shout out to Filipino breakfast and Filipino food in general. I saw um, uh, an episode recently on one of those culture shows. And uh, I'm, I'm of Chinese descent, so, of course, I grew up with Chinese food, both the authentic style and the Americanized style, which I like both. And then I found Japanese food later, and I loved it. You know, my favorite food of all time is sushi. But Filipino food, what they said on this culture show is like it's the one Asian food that people are still not that familiar with, and which is true. And in California, Southern California, we have access to it, um, including uh, their their fast food, uh, their McDonald's, which is called Jolly Bee, mm-hmm. which has fried chicken with a side of this amazing gravy. And, a, and a, the sweet spaghetti, yeah, is the other sweet thing spaghetti with, with with hot dogs in it. Talk about comfort food. Those are two major comfort foods, like fried chicken with gravy. Yes, please. Uh, a sweet, a slightly sweet spaghetti uh, with chopped up hot dogs, hot dogs in it. Yes, yes, yes. That, that appeals to my five year old self. But yeah, there's other foods too, like the famous adobo mm-hmm. with rice, and um, you know, it's. But a lot of people don't know about Filipino food, and if you ever see something near you, if any of your listeners see it, um, one try it, give it a try. It's different. Well, if you grow up in an area where there are uh, Filipino moms, particularly because a lot of the moms are the cooks of the family in the Filipino uh, families. They will force the food upon you, and you will learn to love the pancits and the yes. um, things and, like that. Uh, and the, the lumpia, the lumpia which is like a type of egg roll. Yeah. Um, and the lechon. With and the, the lechon, skin. which is like – that used to be our thing. Every time th- uh, we had a graduation in the family, we would have you know a, a roasted pig over the fire, and you cook the whole pig, and then you just make the skin really crispy, and then there's that fat underneath. So you get the crunchy on top and the fat underneath. It's, it's decadent. Uh, it's also, uh, I talked about this in the show, I think that's one of the reasons all my uncles have the gout. Yeah. My friend who introduced me to it, he got the gout. And he's only like, what, in his late 30s and he got the gout. And I'm like, what happened? That's an old person's disease. Like, I'm Filipino, Filipino food. Because there's a lot of protein. They don't um, know what causes it, but they, they think it's like rich foods, maybe. Yeah, and they do a lot of meats, meats with everything. Um, um, they have some veggies in there, but it's mostly a meat thing. 
And yeah, and you're right about the the moms. Um, I I got introduced to it late in my twenties, and my friend John Jonathan's Tita Linda. Tita means auntie in Tagalog, right? Yeah. Uh, Tita Linda like force fed me. I never had it, and I just loved it. Yeah. You know. Well, Filipino food, like some of it is the most delicious, in my opinion. Some of it is the most delicious food you'll eat. Very rich. And then there's like some of it, like Mike Myers said in the So I Married an Axe Murder, some of it is like based on a dare. Uh, yes, <laughs> totally. Like you have the. I've been dared many times to try Dinaguan and I've never. Dinaguan is it. not my thing. And then. Oh, They'll trick you, people. They'll the other thing you. is balut. Which oh, yeah. is like I'm I'm not into balut, but a lot of Filipinos swear by it. Can't, I can't even I, read the description. I don't want to even talk about it on I, the podcast. Look, I used to describe it in my comedy act as uh, <laughs> it's like you're eating an, a chicken abortion. It is. Uh, it is. Oh. <laughs> it's a partially formed chicken. I don't want to talk about it too much because right. I, I, I don't want to gross you out. But, yeah, but there's other but good some stuff. people swear that it's good. Maybe if you grew up with it, maybe you would enjoy the taste. But uh, I I personally have not eaten it, and I don't know if I can. Yeah, and and Filipino food is really greasy and fatty, and I don't see a lot of super heavy set um, Filipinos, but you know, then they have the heart disease and the gout. So yeah, but it's something. It's 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 good to try, and it's very different than the Asian foods that people you know mm-hmm. grow up with. But I think it's really good. One thing is when we talked about this one, uh, Ramon De Ocampo, who is a, a Filipino, wonderful Filipino actor, and uh, has done like hundreds of audiobooks, talked about Filipino food is it doesn't travel the best it's best when it's served real hot so that's one Mm -hmm. reason too um you know if you're getting carry out or something it doesn't travel as well because it's got like you said it has a lot of grease in it so when it cools down and then if it's fried it's not going to be as crispy when you get home right and it just seems to be more better served in a kitchen at home exactly um a couple things i want to go back to jollibee uh, that you had mentioned. They used to have Spam. They don't have Spam anymore. What's up with I that, know. Jollibee? Come on, bring back the Spam. And number two, if you're wondering, yes, the mascot for Jollibee is a Jolly Bee. It totally is. Yeah. <laughs> I've taken pictures with it. Yeah. He's so, he's so jolly. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, the other thing is, you know, we not only got the, the, the breakfast there at Goto at Silog, we got, uh, we went next door to the Red Ribbon Bakery, which is another kind of Filipino type bakery. Mm-hmm. And you said you'd never tried a Mamon. Right. Um, so we, uh, we got a couple of mamones. It's a, it's a type of sponge cake. It's kind of like what you might find, uh, you find in a lot of Filipino, uh, uh, bake bakery type things, but it's a little like if you had a Twinkie without the filling. Right. Right. Uh, I think it's not as spongy as that, but, right. but that's generally it, what it is. It, it's fluffier though. It's, it's not as fluffier. spongy as the Twinkie part, but, um, it's very fluffy. It's right. light. When I, when I was first, the first bite, I, I got a, a kind of a whiff of coconut. I didn't look mm-hmm. to see if that has ingredients in it, but it has kind of that feel. It feels like a super light tropical cake, and it's it's yummy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they so you have the mamon. We tried that. We tried the butter mamon, and we tried the cheese mamon, which mm-hmm. has uh, like fried cheese on top of which. Yep. Which one of those do you prefer? I two? I'll take anything with cheese, but I actually like both. I usually don't go for like the plain one, but I just like how simple, light, and pure the butter mamon was. But then anything with cheese on it, of course, I'll eat it. Just yeah. like there's a there's a another bakery, a Filipino bakery called Goldilocks. I think they oh, said sure. the name changed or something. I or? believe they changed the name. It's not Goldilocks anymore, but it still exists. It's the same thing. It just has a different name. And you find them in, like in Los Angeles at a lot of these places called, uh, oh gosh, is it called like Seafood Palace, which is a giant seafood type yeah. uh, grocery or seafood store. King? Seafood King? Seafood King, maybe. Um, yeah. And, the, and it's a, just a little... 
bakery that's bakery. inside of there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But a, years ago, they had something that's sort of along the lines of a maman, but it's a it's more French pastry like. And there's one that they used to make that had cheese and ham on it, but also a sweet whipped cream. And you're on a on a on a pastry, and you're like, this is mixing too many flavors. But I love that savory and um, sweet combination. I love that. So they they stopped making that, but I think they still make the cheese one. Yeah. But yeah, cheese ham or spam on a. We could try to make our own spam on a donut. Maybe that wouldn't fly, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll have to try some more, some more Filipino uh, pastries. We'll get us some pandesal uh, sometime, which we, yeah. we featured on the show one time. But you and I will go and get some. They're, they're pretty delicious. Right. Get some, get some ube, which we talked about, which is like that purple yam. Yeah, that they make a lot of desserts out of like yeah, and mustard. I I love that we got to do try some an ethnic breakfast. Yeah, um, because I I love all kinds of breakfasts and I and I love even southern style ones like you know I love grits with anything in it. Oh gosh, um, we'll have to hang out because I'm any place I can find that has decent grits in Los Angeles, I go there. Yes, for sure. Yes. Um. So yeah, well, thank you for going on that breakfast with me. It was delicious. It was decadent. Uh, it was a nice day out in the out at the park. And uh, thank you for, uh, you know, enjoying that with me. Yes, thanks for inviting me. It is now time for the segment we call Breakfast Quick Bites. Breakfast Quick Bites. Quick Bites. Quick Bites. Breakfast Quick Bites. Breakfast, the most important meal of the day. This is where we ask the fans online questions, and now you're going to find out what Christopher Chen and I think about those same questions. Quick Bite number one, Christopher Chen. You and I both love a good Asian noodle soup. So if you have to choose, would you pick a beef noodle soup or would you pick ramen? Oh, a great question. I have to pick the soup of my people. Beef noodle soup with the stewed beef in it and the dark, spicy broth. It doesn't – the broth almost looks black. It's so yeah. dark brown. And and then the, the thick noodles. Sometimes you can get it with the hand-pulled noodles or the hand-cut noodles. So chewy. I got to go with the spicy beef noodle soup. Of- right. Well, great example of that is the is the uh, handmade beef noodle soup at Mandarin Deli in Northridge that oh, you and I have both been to, right? That's, that's- so good. And the, the, the twin one, which is in Monterey Park, Mandarin Noodle House. It's in this ugly, ugly bright orange <laughs> building. And that, yeah, I got to pick the beef noodle soup. Very cool. Well, I will say, uh, gosh, that, that would be a tough one for me. I think they're both really, really good. Um, maybe the beef noodle soup, but I will give the ramen points in one area. It has a little more, you can get a little more of a variety of it. Yep. There's a lot of different things you could add on. All the add-ons are great. And you do, do you have, Drew, the add-on if they have it? There's a Japanese word for it. I forget the name of it, but when it's, you've got, you, they add extra fat to it. No. And it makes the broth so rich. Really? There's that place in Little Tokyo that always has a line. I'm blanking on the name, but yeah, when they go, would you like the kind of the broth with some the extra fat? With the, that, get that. You know where you and I will have to go sometime because that reminds me of Slurpin Ramen, which is in Koreatown. Uh, which is open late at night, I think at least till like one in the morning, and their their whole broth is based on like this like real fatty pork. Like, yes. Yeah. So mm. uh, we'll check that out. Anyway, I'm getting hungry now. Uh, breakfast quick bite number two. You've done a lot of TV comedies, and we talked about this a little bit earlier. So I'm, I'm curious what you prefer: a good three camera show with a live studio audience, uh, like something like Big Bang Theory would be a good example of that, 
or a single camera comedy like Modern Family? Which one would you uh, prefer to watch and to be on? Oh my gosh, that's that's a great question. Um, and multiple parts. Um, I I tend to prefer watching single camera comedies like like the Modern Families, and but then like the old staple like that kind of like put. Multi-camera comedies in the new level was from the you know Friends from the nineties. To if I had to pick, like make a choice for which child, um, it would probably be multi-camera because the pace on that show from you know you're basically putting up a mini play in five days, right? So the pace of from the the table read to getting it on its feet for rehearsal and then getting towards the live audience tape, that is the biggest payoff. There's so much electricity, there's so much tension. They rewrite stuff on the fly. If the audience let them laugh at that joke or punchline. Right. They'll, Immediately they'll write it. Yeah. They'll rewrite it while the audience is like just sitting there. You know, that's why they have the warm-up guys who keep them distracted while they basically rewriting the show in front of you and you go back and got to have to do another take with the different li- lines and things and that that excitement is great. And also too, uh, speaking to all the actors out there, what a great schedule that multi-camera shows have. It's like the closest to having a nine-to-five job in Hollywood. Right. Because you do a lot of work in those hours, but you're basically working nine to five, except for audience tape night. Then mm-hmm. you'll work late. But then, you know, you can see a movie in the evening, whereas single camera dramas and comedies, you know, they film them like movies. So yeah, you don't you, know what the schedule is going to be like every day. Yeah, you could do a 14 hour day just yeah. for two scenes. Yeah. Right? Cool. This has been amazing, Christopher Chen. Before we get out of here, I need to get three last minute recommendations from Christopher Chen. Here we go. What is a guilty pleasure show or movie that you've watched? This is a little b- b- delayed, but oh my gosh, I love Downton Abbey so much. I came to it many years too late um, and binged it. I have never cared more about 1920s white people problems more than that show. <laughs> I just, I can't, I can't handle it. Uh, even though I knew some of the spoilers, I still, my heart was just ripped out. I love that show. You know what I loved about that show is like my wife and I loved that show too. What we use it for now is like the characters were so good and so well defined on that show that we'll watch different shows and be like, you know, she's kind of like a Mary Crawley type character. Yes. Or she's kind of like a uh, Edith, Lady Edith. Edith. Oh, yeah, she's such she's, a Lady Edith. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, and oh, and then boy, were they good at the during the real time of like character spoiler like on the level of like Walking Dead or right. where they killed off characters the whole world when they watched it real time was like what no or the whole saga with Mr. Bates yes and his uh, legal troubles oh that was oh it was brutal that's just good for you Julian Fellows and everybody was cheering for Daisy to get out of the kitchen and yes. make something of make herself. something of herself <laughs> oh I love it I love it see oh what a guilty pleasure yeah. Like, yeah what is a hidden gem show or movie that you, that you love that people may not know you know what? There's one of my favorite sci-fi movies that I don't know if people know about it. Um, it's from the 80s, I think. Yeah, it's called Life Force. And basically, it's about space vampires. But I don't know this movie. But they're sexy because there's three of them <laughs> and they're naked. There's two guys and a girl and the girl is just stunning. And again, she's naked. And they come down. They don't speak either. They come down and they're, they, they, there's this thing out of the sky that all the Marvel movies use that are is sucking the life force out of everyone, yeah. right? Space vampires. It has a young um, Patrick Stewart in it. I think he still doesn't have hair in it, or if he does have hair, it's not much, but he's in it. And then it stars, stars uh, Steve Railsback, who is famous for um, 
I think that he he was one of the Jesuses in one of the famous, you know, um, Jesus movies. Okay. But um, he, his acting is actually kind of terrible in th- this movie. But he's good at playing the conflicted leading man. And then um, and then he has to chase three hot space vampires. I'll Earth. have to check this out. Life Force. <laughs> Life Force. Recommendation number three. What's the show or movie that is your spirit animal? You know what? <laughs> I have two, and here's why. The one that I would pick because of its heart and soul is E.T. Like, mm-hmm. just, that's just me. Like, everything that's just warm and fuzzy is E.T., the extraterrestrial. So that's like my sentimental spirit animal one. Well, Elliot, e- Elliot uh, from E.T. had a little run on Better Things. Oh, that's right. So great. And then, yeah, oh, just, just, even the images are just, just warming my heart and breaking at the same time. I will always cry at the, that one scene. You, no spoilers. We've all seen it. Right. The other one that people would say would be my spirit animal, and you could take this how you want, even if you don't know me, would be the 40 year old virgin. Oh. Now, I am not a virgin, though some people would say, well, that that virginity has an expiration date. We won't go there. But anyway, um, there's something about that Steve Carell character that I just is like, this is too real for me, you know, in terms of like, you know, the action figures and, you know, and not being really naive about certain things and terms and everything. I'm just like, so I think in the real world, it would be um, the 40-year-old virgin in the fantasy world to be E.T. Very interesting. And I will, we will have to delve into that more off the air. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, Christopher Chen, this has been so great. If you would like to get more info on The Brentfist Show, such as pics of Christopher Chen and I enjoying our Brentfist from GoTo at Silog, here's what you do. You can hit me on Instagram, at Scoops Pope. Give me a follow, and if you have a Brentfist question, send me a message. And make sure you also follow my Facebook actor page at facebook.com forward slash brent.pope. Go to the show website, breakfast.com or your favorite podcast provider. And if you like the show, please subscribe. Leave us a review. Breakfasts are being enjoyed all over the United States and in 30 other countries over six continents. The latest jump on board being Morocco and New Mexico. Welcome. And trust me, my pancake posse, my Serp squad, this is only the beginning. Special thanks to my editor, the one and only Rosemary Brown, for all the breakfast slicing and dicing. Much appreciate. Big ups also to my studio engineer, Daniel Erickson, for making me sound so good. And for the record... We mentioned, Christopher Chen, that uh, we have gone out for some of the same parts. And the only one I remember that one of us booked was Atypical, where you booked it as the guy with the skin knee, and I did not book it. So, you know, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be more. because hey, I... I'm happy for you to book it. I hope we see each other at a lot of other big auditions and that one of us gets it. You yes. know? Uh, Christopher Chen, anything you're working on now, and where can we find you on social media? Yes, um, I have two social, uh, two Facebook presences. One, my personal one, is uh, facebook.com forward slash Christopher Chen, all one word. Now, I probably won't uh, accept if, if I, we don't have at least one mutual friend, but there's also Christopher Chen actor. Um, uh, and then on Twitter, I'm Christopher Chen, all one word. And on um, uh, Instagram, I'm Christopher underscore Chen. Uh, lowercase. So those are the three, three and a half. Um, and also, uh, I right before the uh, world quarantine, I did shoot an episode of Netflix special, 
And special season one, that's on Netflix. It was um, – they were 15-minute episodes. That's the cool, fun um, series where it's produced by Jim Parsons from um, – he's not in it, but Jim Parsons from Big Bang Theory. But it's about this character who's who has cerebral palsy and and he's gay and like his, his, his um, different tr- treks through life. And in season two, I'll be playing a – a pediatrician in a 90s flashback. So when season two comes out, uh, look for me in that uh, special on Netflix. And uh, um, there was a play that I didn't get to do in uh, right before quarantine. We literally were just about to open pre- previews. But I want to shout out, if you ever hear of this, if you're in the Southern California area and it opens up again, come see me. I will come and meet you backstage afterwards. It's Stephen Sondheim's Assassins, but it's with an all-people-of-color cast, including the John Wilkes Booth, was cast as a black man. And if you don't think that's interesting on paper, you should see it on stage. So if you ever see it, it's East-West Players. If you ever get to see it in the near future, um, co- you know, come find me. East-West Players doing Stephen Sondheim's Assassins, the musical. Interesting. And I have to say, on a personal note, you and I both, you know, no details because... Who knows if this will happen? You and I are both being uh, auditioning for the same project on different parts that might shoot in Australia. So, I mean, here's hoping that in the very future that one or both of us will be recording uh, our show from Australia. Yes, this show I think is going to be hit. I think so, too. I mean, let's put all the the juju and the positive thoughts and the prayers and whatever form of positive things you want towards Christopher Chen and I working together on this show because that would be amazing. And I look forward to it. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we put another character building, or is it character revealing, episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope in the old to-go bag. See ya. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20.